0: Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> I'm hesitant because I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble for with some of you by saying something I'm going to say. But it has to be said. Your faith does not save you. Let that sink in a little bit. Your faith does not save you. You might be thinking, what? This is crazy. This is blasphemous. Man, we're Lutherans. We know that we are saved by grace alone by faith, right? Yeah, let me unpack it just a little bit. Faith is another word for trust. And faith, like trust, needs something, an object. It needs something to grasp a hold of. It's like a hug. You ever tried to hug something that isn't there? Right? Uh, Well, the word of God reveals that you are saved by grace. It's through faith. And faith and grace, both of them need an object. For example, grace, which is a gift, it needs a recipient. uh, When you give a gift, you have to have somebody who receives that gift. And once you and I receive the gift of faith, we also need an object for that faith, Christ alone. So the epiphany that's revealed today in our readings today is that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Word of God made flesh. Now, let's take the account of Naaman in our Old Testament reading. He didn't even have faith, and he was still healed, wasn't he? He was saved by grace. He said the rivers in Syria are far more cleaner than those dirty, muddy, glorified creek waters of the Jordan. This is not faith, is it? It is actually a rejection of faith. Yet he received this gift of healing. Faith didn't do the healing. God's grace worked the healing. Even in the case of the Roman Empire, or Centurion, he was a Roman soldier in the Empire, the Centurion, right, Jesus said, and and I'll quote it here, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. But the centurion's, Centurion's faith... Did not save him. Jesus. The word of God made flesh. Worked the healing. So I'll say it again. This is a. uh, This is against popular opinion. And it might be against yours as well. To the contrary. But faith by itself. Doesn't have any power. Faith doesn't have the power to move mountains. Faith does not raise the dead or heal the sick. Rather, it is the object of that faith. God who does these mighty and miraculous things. It is He that moves mountains. It is He that raises people from the dead. He is He that cleaned the leper in their thing. It wasn't his touch. it was the Word of God. He is the one who raises the lame and leap for joy. Jesus Christ. Faith in anything else is powerless. The gift of faith in the word of God made flesh. Now that is an object for us to grasp and hold on to. Let's look again at the account of Naaman in our our readings. And let's also look at the leper and the centurion in our New Testament reading. They all have something that is in common. And that is the word of God. Right? The promises that are contained in that word. We, I mean, we know these stories so well, right? I mean, we've been told as little kids in Sunday school, and, and we know that Naaman doubts this washing in the muddy waters of the Jordan is going to do anything. And the servant points out, is, it's a great word that prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Wash and be clean. In other words, trust not in your own understanding and the cleanliness of the water in your hometown. Trust in God's word. Same way with the leper that comes to Jesus. Jesus says the word, be clean, and boom, he's clean. It, it's not the fact that Jesus touched him. It's the fact that the word of God incarnate spoke The word of God spoken, and it was so. Same way with the account of the centurion. He says, I'm not worthy. If you just say the word, I know it'll happen. Exercise your divine authority, Jesus. Say the word, and my servant will be clean. And what happens? And the servant was healed at that very moment. In all three instances, it was the word of God that healed. The same word that created the heavens and the earth by uh, out of nothingness. Simply by speaking the word. The same word that would become flesh and incarnate among us. So I'm hearing some of you saying, okay, okay, pastor, I get it. Right? Why belabor the point? Well, the point is because... The leprous and ugly truth is sometimes we don't always believe in that word, at least not always, and not fully. Plus, we have some enemies that uh, are constantly at us to attack us in in our trust in that word. We have the the uh, uh, our old Adam. We have the world. And we have that devil that runs around lying and tricking. Because the ugly truth is our old Adam, we would like to have a little ownership in this thing called faith. Right? It's my faith. It's my truth. I mean, admit it. If you were a little bit miffed when I said before that your faith does not save you, uh, that's, the hackles kind of come up a little bit. That's your old Adam. Your old Adam wants nothing to do with confessing this answer given in the uh, small catechism. You remember that? Uh, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ nor come to him. That's the word made flesh. But the enemy of the world is just about as bad. We can can proudly proclaim our, our faith in Jesus Christ here win worship but as soon as we hit those doors right as soon as that last hymn's over and we've got the world challenging us to look at more important things like bills or facebook or or you can i was going to name instagram and name different ones it doesn't matter the, the uh stuff we get on this phone or sports or the kids' programs, how quickly the world can get us to trust in famous people or m- multiple people. Well, if everybody else believes this, then I I must believe it too, right? Uh, make a decision. Send your money. All you need to do is have faith. Stuff that has nothing to do with salvation and the word of God and making disciples by baptizing and teaching all that to obey all that Christ has said keep in mind there all that Christ has said the word but then on top of all those attacks we have the devil he does his stuff when everything's going great and shiny and and peachy cool we can say oh we are blessed yeah, when things turn sour, when we get the word from a doctor that we have a fatal disease or, or when someone we know close to us dies suddenly or, or an argument that gives out a hand, the devil, he is right there. And he's using that word if to you. he's going to say, if you would have just done this or if you'd have said this or if you would have thought this. Notice he always points to your past and the stuff that you can't do anything about. And again, it's nothing about the word of God which claims you in the waters of those holy baptism where your sins are forgiven you for the sake of Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh who died for you on the cross. And so what, what are we going to do? What, <laughs> who will save us from our enemies, from ourselves, from the world and the devil? Well, you don't have to look any further than right here. Here is where you look for the word. Here is his crucifix. Here is his baptismal font. Here is the altar where he comes to us in his very body and his very blood. Here is where his word is proclaimed to you. Here is where men who stand in the office who have been given the authority to speak, either bind or to loose your sins, to loose your sin from you, look no further than the word of God, the giver of life, the one who has the authority and the will to give you life in his name name look to where he said he would be in his word in his sacraments where he comes to you to strengthen your faith come to his church this is where his people gather together in his name we don't have to look any further than the altar and hear the words that he proclaims in his life and his death and his resurrection. He says, It is finished. It is done. Now take, eat, drink my body and my blood given to you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Hear my word of absolution. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are completely forgiven. And you are now bound to me in my name. They've been drowned and washed in the blood of the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And he says, and I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here, here is the certain comfort and peace that nothing else and no one else or faith in anything else or even in yourself can compete with. It's simply, faith in anything else simply doesn't have any power. It's powerless. It doesn't have the authority. Here, where his word and sacraments are rightly given, it is a sure comfort of peace in Jesus Christ. Right here, where he said he would be. And it can only be known and only can be understood through faith. Faith in the one true God. Revealed in this epiphany day to us in the flesh of this man, Jesus Christ, who died for you. Our faith doesn't give peace. Our faith didn't die on the cross for us. But by the work of the Holy Spirit, of the Word spoken in his church through his people, we are given faith in the one who does give peace, in one who does forgive sins. And the one who is here for you, the one who knows all things and works for our good, it is that trust, it is that faith, it is the faith that gives you peace. Amen. Now may that peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.